Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week twice a week wherever you get your podcast plus also as well of course game source and inside sports fantasy football we've got another great episode we're recording tonight that'll cover the latest in fantasy football for you so go ahead and check it out joe soros here and you know he's the man behind ox 1947 at LakersBall.com. Uh, Daniel, yes, we did see the Dwight Howard stuff. Actually, uh, I responded last night to a, uh, one of our audience's questions in regards to that because they wanted Dwight Howard on our team. And I was like, maybe now is not the best time to get Dwight Howard on the team. So. We'll talk about that off air, folks. Yes, off air <laughs> indeed. But also as well, he is Joe Sorrell, Ox1947, LakersBall.com. Also check out his company, Symblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Magic Man is here as well, Magic Man Sean Grice. And of course, our good friends also as well, Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet cover the Lakers like no other. So go ahead and support them today at Lakerholics.com. Empire Jeff, Lakers in Five, and John McCallion all give them a shout out on their YouTube channels. And speaking of YouTube and Facebook, please like, follow, and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, unfortunately, coming off the disaster in Denver uh, to start off the season, uh, we look forward to going ahead to better things coming up here tomorrow against Phoenix at home at the Crypt. Please follow us, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. That's playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break to get all the uncensored action of Joe and Sean and Nick and myself as we follow the game right there with you on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And of course, the best post game that's out there. There's no better that's out there or anywhere covering any NBA team than the Lakers Fast Break. Wanted to go ahead and give a moment, though, while we're here, Lakers fans getting into the season. The season's just started, but I wanted to go ahead and give some props on a book I got recently. For everybody out there, it's right here. Of course, if you're watching the video on YouTube, you've already seen what the cover looks like. The book is entitled, What Kobe Left Behind. 
the playbook from an extraordinary life. And the author is here to join us today, and he's got the L.A. hat on. He's rocking it as we speak. It is Ellie Ehesh. And Ellie, great to have you here. Welcome to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. No, thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor to meet, uh, to be live with you, Gerald and, and Joe Magic Man. It's a real pleasure. After an hour, I'm not sure you'll be saying that, but it's great to have <laughs> you here nonetheless. Uh, truly appreciate. I got a chance to go ahead and check out the book. Magic Man has read quite a bit of it as well. And Joe, he knows his Kobe history as being one of the teachers for us here at Lakers History 101, like no other. So we have got a lot of Kobe-related things for, for you to go ahead. Hopefully that will answer here today. But if everybody gets a chance to check this out, this is available wherever you get your books, starting with Amazon, Goodreads, everywhere you go to get your books. But I would go ahead and suggest the Amazon right now because it's at a really good price. $10 for the Kindle, $25 for the hardcover, and the paperback's 20 Great deal. Great Christmas gift, holiday gift, or just good, darn good reading about Kobe, all the great stories, analogies, interviews, all the great things that you know about Kobe and why he is or why he was who he was is all listed in this book. I, I read as far as what struck me first, obviously, we all know where we were on that day. And you start off the book, and I won't go into you know too much about the book, but then again, if you know Kobe, this is the book, about how it affected you the first moments that you heard about Kobe's passing. You, like all of us, uh, were experiencing, and I was, I was, I was reading it, you experienced so many of the same things that we experienced when we've told our stories on the air about Kobe's passing. Indeed. It's, it was one of those days that you'll never forget. And, uh, you know, no matter how many years that pass, there's only a handful of days that are like that. And Kobe's death was like that because, you know, yeah, it was like a shared, it was like a global shared experience. You know, we, you know, like many people, I remember first hearing the news and it seemed like some crazy, you know, internet rumor. And then, you know, slowly the confirmation trickled in. And so the disbelief turned into shock, turned into more disbelief and then more shock. And then, and then just like, just like trying to process it all because no one prepared us for this moment, you know? And it took, it took a while for me to like really come to grips with what it meant for him to pass at the time he did, which was, even though he was retired from the NBA, still the prime of his life and going on to do greater things beyond the world of basketball. And now that's all just taken from him and from the rest of us in the in a blink of an eye. And uh, for, so part of me and part of my processing that, that, uh, that experience, that, that uh, tragedy was doing a deep dive into who Kobe was beyond the highlight reels and the championship rings and really understanding what it is that that allowed him to become large in a life and really become a global icon that the world mourned uh even people who didn't like the lakers or didn't watch basketball and you know that's when i started doing deep research and really discovering there are really a secret a not so secret set of habits that he developed that he learned over his life that i think we can all benefit from and you know, I figured this is a story worth telling because it's it's just truly it's truly um, amazing once you understand the the many layers of Kobe Bryant. 
your book goes back and forth into detail about his life, whether you discuss his childhood upbringing in Italy, whether you go ahead into Lower Marion, whether you go ahead his early days with the Lakers, uh, obviously his first experience in the playoffs, how he worked with or worked against sometimes his teammates in practice and go and moving on throughout his entire life. Throughout even his post-basketball career, you talk about interviews that he had, but also as well his charitable organizations and some basic everyday instances, uh, including uh, one that I, I found particularly uh, insightful is that, you know, when he tried to help someone after a car accident where where he uh, showed his kindness there, where he could have just drove on by with this highly expensive car that, and just moved on and, and not even done anything or maybe obligatory 911 to go by. He actually decided to go ahead and stop and take notice of that as far as, and just showcase the kindness that he was as a human being. Indeed it did. And it's one of those things that really struck me because we all know him as this uh, very focused and driven alpha male who just doesn't want who has who's on a mission and he won't let anything get in the way yeah but somehow he also combines that with the awareness of those who are in need and the willingness to go to take time out to support them and i think those stories those are some of the stories that really came to the surface after his death from all corners of of the you know our our environment of people telling about oh kobe helping with this kobe helping with that and then you're just thinking wait you mean that kobe bryant he was the one who was like you know acting like mother Teresa when nobody was looking it, it didn't make any sense but then when i started putting the pieces together then it did make sense you also mentioned uh, you know as far as how sometimes these charitable organizations that are run by celebrities or have their names attached to them sometimes they're uh, I don't know, you didn't particularly spell this out, but you kind of get the inference that sometimes they're not exactly, you know, meant in the same way that that's hoped for. Sometimes you're just glamours, just sometimes, I, you know, oh, this celebrity or athlete's got to do it just because they got to do it because everybody else does has a charitable organization, et cetera, et cetera. But to Kobe, obviously, was something so much more and the things he gave to certain charities and this kindness and the way he reached out, especially after his career was certain some certainly something you indicated in several uh, several ways as far as becoming immortal in the chapter there uh for the for that but let me uh send it over to a good man indeed he is the man behind sin blades and oxide t47 at lakersball.com it is joe sorrow and joe as a man who knows kobe history throughout the course of time so much so that you know obviously you're a big part of our lakers history 101 what uh, kind of questions did you have for Ellie? <clears throat> I'm going to try not to get into the obvious hotbeds of subjects when it comes to Kobe's, let's say, negative side. Uh, although this could be considered sort of the negative side. My The only information I don't know much about, and I don't, I don't know if many people do, is what was the issue with his family? Uh, I know at the beginning they weren't supportive of him getting married, rightfully so. He was 22. My parents would have done the same thing. Me as a parent now would have done the same thing. You're a professional athlete. This is a bad idea. Uh, but then it turned into something else. It turned into greed. It turned into 
conniving, somewhat backstabbing. Of course, money always gets in the way. Doesn't matter if you're family, friends, or whatever. So I know we're not perfect. No one's perfect. Much as I... You often have claimed that you have. I'm I'm close, but there's only one guy that's that's closer, and that's the guy below me. But (laughs) the issue with family drama, it, it tells me a lot about... A lot of times it tells me a lot about who you are. But... There is that fame and money thing that does, it's like, I, I can't identify with that. However, I've been in a lawyer's office where I've listened to siblings want to tear each other's heads off for their parents' money. Mind you, I was in that same lawyer's office telling a lawyer while I'm teared, teared up after my father passed away saying, I don't care what this takes give all the money to my sister, I got to get out of here. So for some out there, you can, no one in there was rich. I'm pretty sure no one was in there rich and you saw two different versions of that world. So my question again is, is Ellie, do do you know why that kind of went south? What's the problem? What was the problem with what looked like a loving family, a very supportive family? And it started it started really after the first championship. Kobe sitting in the locker room, kind of looking like he was depressed that someone wasn't there, wondering why his pops wasn't there. But then I seen pictures of him celebrating with his dad. I can't remember if it was after that, but you know, again, I'm just kind of curious what happened with that. Yeah, it's 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 super complicated, and yeah, part of, I do I do want to touch on some on some of it in the book. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a sad story because, yeah, up until that, uh, the first, uh, you know, first championship with the Lakers, the, their their family was just was as tight knit as one can be. You know, his, you know, from living in Italy to coming back to Philadelphia, he, you know, it's, it's funny the story about how his parents had to sign his first NBA contract when he was too young. You know, he bought his parents houses to come live with him when he when he joined the Lakers and they were, you know, they were deeply involved in each other's lives. And yeah, I do think one, one of the challenges with families is that when you, when, when there's a major change in a family, that can cause some strife. And whether it's a death in the family or in this case, you know, a marriage in the family. And I think that's, you know, based on all the research I've done, it really comes down to part of what you said, where, you know, some sources say, oh, okay, well, we don't want you to get that, that his parents were like, oh, you know, we don't want you to get married. You're, you're rushing into this because either you're too young there are others others that claim there are other reasons why they didn't think the that the two should get married but whatever the case you know the parents you know they couldn't they couldn't come to an agreement with with kobe on what his life decision was going to be and kobe's like hey you know i'm an adult you know you can either even if you don't agree with me you can either support me or you can you know get out of the way and and it's it's really sad that it the latter ended up happening and um you know they were they didn't come to his wedding you know, and yeah, and, and then you had that famous scene where it's actually after his second championship where he's wearing that uh, that uh, colorful uh, Lakers uh, jacket and with the, with his uh, trophy and just sitting there pondering the world, pondering being alone without his family there to support him and to uh, lift him up in in his uh, in his victory. Um, and so it's really sad. Now, now, um, 
Now, after that, there was some reconciliation at some point where he, he at least with his dad, he was more um, uh, co connected again. And his dad, you know, ended up coaching the Sparks for a period of time. And so they were close there. Um, so it was a lot of ups and downs. I, I guess it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, you and your your spouse don't really, things don't work out between your, your spouse and then your parents. And it affects you as well. And then you had, and then some years later, you had the issue where, you know, it was alleged that his mom ended up selling some of his memorabilia. And I think that was really the breaking point for Kobe is like, you know, when you talk about the money aspect, um, that I think that based on what we've heard and the the legal issue of that, that I think that really broke him. And it's 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 quite it's quite sad, you know, that it that they couldn't they couldn't work things out. But it's just like a reflection of many families and you know, including my own, is sometimes people just can't figure out how to coexist with each other and um and that means that it's better to be, to be apart and that's maybe for the best but it's i think everybody loses in the end this is rafael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the lakers fast break Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix. Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts once again i have on author ellie ehesh i'm covering up your name i'm so sorry what Kobe left behind is the book, the playback from an extraordinary life. Uh, like I said, sometimes it's like, oh, I just covered your name right there. Sorry, my bad. So, my, my apologies. I know. Next time on your next book, please have them put it on this side so that whenever the interview goes like this, he's not going to. That's smart. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah, no um, problem. I just want to say, though, it is a tremendous book. It's a great read. So, I hope everybody gets a chance to go ahead and buy it today. And check it out at Amazon.com. It's right there for you. What type? Just type in what Kobe left behind. Comes immediately right up. Also here today, a good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and read a great portion of your book. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, always great to have you here, my friend. Uh, you are also an aficionado of Lakers lore, including a lot of Kobe. So you have questions for Ellie, my friend, on his latest book. I do. I do. First of all, uh, Ellie Mamba for life. I, I got that uh, tattoo in tribute of Kobe. Oh, it's uh, five petal rose, um, five petals symbolizing uh, his pillars of the Mamba mentality, optimism, honesty, detachment, passion, and of course, sacrifice. Um, wouldn't be who he is and what he's about without those five pillars. Um, I happen to think, Ellie, that uh, his his philosophy will actually transcend his basketball career. Um, I I really do think that, similar to what Bruce Lee did with uh, Ju Jukindo, 
he transformed uh, a number of people, including my younger brother. So I, I happen to believe that uh, Kobe's principles will do the same thing. My question to you is, as you mentioned in the intro, we all had a kind of shared lived experience of that moment. And of course, you were you were skiing when the, the news kind of broke. And uh, I was running through your research. If you happen to speak with Jackie McMullen, because you guys have almost like a linked shared experience because she was oh. on the ski slopes as well. Are you serious? Yeah, she was. She said she uh, she got the news from... Uh, was it some... Mammoth Lakes? or? Yes, was... I believe it was. Are I you believe... serious? Yes. Are you serious? Yes, I believe it was. So um, her and her daughter were about to go to the slopes and then she said uh, a man walked up to her with like a grim look on his face and he asked her, did you hear the news? And she said, no. And he said, Kobe Bryant died. And uh, she she said, yeah, she said she uh, she had to go to the bathroom and uh, actually confirm it for herself. And then when she got the news, she was devastated as well. Jackie was a, was a big supporter of Kobe as well. Um, great interview with him uh, several times. So just, you know, what were your initial feel? I, I know you wrote about Ellie, but can you just... Sure go into with our audience what your like feelings were initially when you heard that because Absolutely. it was similar to a lot of people like tmz's reporting this 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 can't be real exactly. Absolutely. so so first off i want to back up you mentioned bruce lee you mentioned transformational people like bruce lee it's interesting that you know how bruce lee's impact also related to the nba i mean you look at his relationship with uh, kareem abdul jabbar and how serious that is. And then even Kobe, as I mentioned in the book, also was a big advocate and fan of Bruce Lee. And then he's creating a legacy of his own. So it really is, you know, people touch people to to create greatness. Now, yeah, that it's it's, it's one of those things where, you know, hearing about his death was so it it, it seems so real. Like I, you know, because you know he had already retired from basketball and was kind of doing his own thing and. I wasn't, my mind wasn't really focused on Kobe, you know, like it was when he was playing. I, I almost kind of like, first, again, disbelief. This is crazy, you know, crazy um, internet rumors. Who's going to believe that? And then once the, once all the stories started coming in, then my phone just started blowing up. And and I was just like, okay, this is crazy. But But in my mind, I think I kind of protected myself where I was just like, okay, yeah, Kobe Bryant is like my favorite favorite basketball player of all time. You know, I went and saw his last game at Staples Center where he scored 60 points and all this. But in my mind, I like detached him first. Like, oh, but, you know, he's he's just another famous person. You know, I didn't really know, I didn't know him personally. He doesn't know who I was. Yeah, I mean, he died, it's terrible. But I mean, you know, celebrity deaths, you know, they happen all the time. Let me not, let me not dwell on it emotionally. So I, I kind of detached myself at the beginning when I first, when it was first confirmed, but it was really everybody else that brought me back to the realization, like, this is a freaking huge deal, you know? And what it was just crazy how, you, whether it was, you know, former presidents or, you know, stars of, you know, from every sport, tennis, uh, tennis, basketball, or baseball, football, you know, uh, movie stars, singers, and just you mentioned uh, uh, Obama and Trump, both. Yeah, uh, I know. You know. One of the few things they agreed upon. Was <laughs> exactly. It's it's it was, and that you know it's like things like that that made me realize, wow, how did he bring these people together to agree when they never agree on anything, or how did, or my when my when my brother called me and and said he was going to Staples Center to mourn with everybody else, and I'm just like, 
yeah, maybe I need to take down this guard, this guard of mice that I've had of like, oh, this is not a big deal. And, re and really, you know, just open myself up to the reality of it. The reality that you literally had the Grammys happening that night and people breaking down in the, in the Grammy ceremony. And then people, when then when they come out from the Staples Center, from the Grammys, you literally have people, you literally have homeless people there, you know, also at Staples Center paying their tribute, crying. You have Lakers players there in the middle of that. You've got the creme de la creme of Hollywood, you have every every facet of society all coming together to mourn the loss of this legend. And so it's like, oh my God, this is something, this is, it just elevated my consciousness of, of what a transformational a person he was more than just a player. And that's when I started like, that's when, that, you know, I started like realizing this, this the, I can't escape the emotions any more than anybody else, you know? <laughs> so it, it it's a huge Absolutely. deal. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I had to probably have the same feelings that you guys had. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, first is the stage is the denial yeah. uh, that this can't be happening. And then once the realization hits the, the grieving uh, that, that kicked in, and, you know, for me as a different, and us, uh, many of us, it was a different dynamic as far as having to, we have to share that uh, on the air uh, with uh, plenty of others, uh, you know, based off this channel was definitely not, you know, it was a surreal experience it, uh, both i both loved and hated it both loved the fact that i could share my experiences with others but yes also hated the fact that i actually had to be in public you know just sharing my uh you know sadness and and, and, uh, and vulnerability for for that period of time indeed, indeed. Yeah. it was also it was also fascinating for me just like it, it was really when i really realized you know having grown up in la and being like a fan all my life it was like i felt like kobe was he was my guy you know yeah. Uh, my guy against the world. But then when he done, it was like, no, the rest of the world also sees him as the, his guy, you know, what you, you, you know, I mean, the more, the, like looking at videos from China of just people like just breaking down in tears, like halfway around the world, they're, they're as devastated as, as we are. And, or, and it's like, wow. And that's, you know, this is, this is this really revelation of, how much he touched people's lives in ways that that are we can't even really we're just only now coming to understand and it, it definitely deserves more than what everybody's written about him so far and that's why you wrote the book what kobe left behind the playbook from an extraordinary life we do have author once again ellie ehesh here just truly amazing book please go ahead and pick it up today what kobe left behind on amazon Joe, uh, I know you're next on the list, my friend. Any thoughts you want to go ahead and share with Ellie right now? I don't know if I'm tunnel vision here, but I obviously been around when Michael Jackson died, Prince died, Whitney Houston died, former presidents have died. There's been some famous people that have died. The world stopped when Kobe died. I don't remember the world stopping like that in any of those instances. Michael Jackson, the most famous guy that ever lived, right? The most famous guys that ever lived, I mean, other than maybe Muhammad Ali and Jesus. Uh, I don't, I don't, I cannot figure out what happened there. That's the mystery for me. What stopped the world when he died? Why? What did he do? Was it because he was still young? Was it because Michael Jackson had a lot of weird stuff in his life? Musicians, maybe they're kind of weird and people don't get them and they're like, eh, that makes sense. 
But then again, former presidents are not necessarily like that. You know, they live a pretty, or at least, you know, like Gerald Ford or, or Richard Nixon or um, I guess I wouldn't be, Richard Nixon might not be the right one. R- Ronald Reagan, right? Yeah. Um, like Ronald Reagan was somewhat universally uh, respected or loved, right? I don't, I, I, James Gandolfini, Robin Williams, Robin Williams, let's use Robin Williams as an example, mm-hmm. okay? This guy, this guy didn't, this guy, we knew he was in pain. We knew he had issues, but he was always there. He was always trying, right. you know, why did Kobe stop the planet? You know, that it's is still a mystery to me. You know, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned presidents dying and how like Kobe's death transcended all of that. I, I think maybe the best comparison would be like the assassination of JFK. In terms of the in terms of the world stopping from, from from somebody's death, because the person's still in the prime of their lives, they're still doing so much for the the world and and such a uh, such a transformative figure, and then they're gone in an instance when no one expected it, you know. No, and so so um, yeah, it's it's it was one of those days that you it's hard to compare it for most people, you know, who are you know who are alive right now. So and 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 that's again that's why like this book was such a joy for me to write because it led me down that journey of how did he how did he stop time how did he stop time and it was like oh you know and then it reminded me okay how did he you know it led me to all the other questions like how did he win an oscar award on me tonight you know on on the the same oscar year where all of the all of the scandals of sexual assault were were coming out in in Hollywood, and he won an Academy Award on that same day. How did for he dear do basketball, that? by the way? For dear basketball, for dear basketball, exactly. How how did he do that? How did he? You know that it's it was unreal. Again, how did he manage to outscore an entire team all by himself through three quarters? You know how do you how do you outscore a team sixty two to sixty one the Dallas Mavericks in two thousand five? Uh, you know, again, how did he, how did he make, uh, people like Beyonce, uh, draw, you know, fall down in tears? How did he manage to become the, at the, one of the biggest celebrity supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation? You know, how, how did he, you know, you know, or how did he ended up, how did he transition from being a great basketball player to being a great writer? And write children's books that have become New York Times bestsellers, even when the whole publishing industry told him he would fail. So it, it, he he was he, you know, he found, and that's why I go back to kind of like the way I organize this book is like, okay, each book's kind of like focused on a, a specific skill that he learned and that he used to become great, and then when you put them all together, it allows him to become great in all these different areas. You know, whether it's, you know, how he harnessed the power of meditation based on his time with Phil Jackson or how he learned to visualize and, and, and use imagination to prepare for games or how he learned to, you know, one of his amazing traits of that I call eating the fire. How did he learn to take hate and put down and turn them into fuel that that uh, charged him and helped him be more successful? I mean. You, I don't know if you recall the um, when he retired. I think it was a week before he retired. The Nike came out with a new uh, commercial, uh, like a farewell commercial. But it wasn't about 
celebrating him in the commercial he's out there on the court shooting a game winner on a road uh, arena and then all, all around the court the uh, fans start getting up and saying kobe you suck kobe you suck i hate you da 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 and he puts his ear out like yes i want more i want more and like the whole commercial is about how he loves being hated and it's just like that's like unreal abilities how could you actually enjoy being hated so much that you want more of it and somehow it makes you better so those are the things that are like okay kobe's got He's figured some stuff out that if we even get figure out a fraction of that, then who knows what we could do with our lives. And I think that, that, that those are the kind of things that people caught on to and in various aspects of their lives that when they heard him die, he was dead, they were like, this can't be real because he's, he's large and he's, he's, I mean, he's developed superhuman abilities. This, this can't be real. Damian Lillard said something after that really resonated. He goes, he, Kobe was a, is a superhero. I had a I had it in my mind that when when the, I could imagine that if the helicopter was crashing, he'd jump out. <laughs> it's I thought, yeah, I thought that was uh, that was. I've, I've I've thought of things like that to some degree, like with family members that have passed. You know they're down there. You just want to bring them back up, right? Like just weird things that go on in your mind. Chappelle, even after his situation in Colorado, said he was doing a, a, a bit where he's like, you know, Kobe's one of those guys in the black community that we kind of gave this guy the benefit of the doubt. And there's only a few guys that will do that for. So this wasn't just after. This was before and during. Kobe yeah. had a different presence. John Sally had mentioned that he somehow got Kobe to go out one night to a nightclub with him and I could imagine the scenario I could just see Kobe just kind of standing there or sitting in wherever he was and here's John Sally right God you're talking about the the creme de la creme in terms of celebrity he's been around for a, you know 13 14 years he's probably got everyone on speed dial from any club to any promoter any all this but the, the 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 game stops with this guy Kobe Bryant and he recognized it he said Kobe I'm gonna get Kobe to come out and of course what happens when Kobe comes out the whole room changes like somebody going to somebody's wedding that's really famous like dude I can't go to this wedding I gotta get gonna be bothering me it's supposed to be this lady and this guy's special day so the guy had it before, he had it during even, and he had it way before, way after. And I think I have a I have a I have a theory on this. I think Kobe was doing stuff that we didn't know he was doing behind the scenes. He was doing stuff that you didn't even know. Like it never got out. That oh, happened to everything. Because you had one of the big tragedies that's obviously much smaller than the fact that his kids don't have a father anymore and his wife doesn't have, doesn't have a husband and his parents don't have a child anymore. But we were at the precipice of the WNBA going into a different level with Gianna. We're sitting here being the male thinking guys that we are. We're like, when are you going to have a son, Kobe? When are you going to have a son? Here you got Gianna sitting there going, wait a minute. What are you worried about? I got it. I'm going to do this. And, you know, that old school thinking, it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah, you know what? You're right. And that September 2019, I was talking to my boy Edie. 
Huge, huge Kobe guy, maybe even bigger than bigger than me. Loves Kobe. I go, hey, Edie. We're, it spells it like Edie, I mean, by the way, too, just in case you guys wanted to know why, why his name is Edie. Uh, there's an ongoing joke on that, too, because he's from Africa. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, man, Gianna is it, I think. I go, yeah, she just got a full ride to UConn. I go, dude, we're going to be watching the WNBA draft in like four, in like five years. We're going to like, if she, it didn't matter where she went, Sparks, Sun, Liberty, it wouldn't have mattered. Dude, we're going to be watching Gianna play. Like I am going to make an effort to watch her play. That's going to change everything. He wore the orange WNBA hoodie at a lake at the Laker game. Gianna loves uh, Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young. So he went to both those games. I think the one in Atlanta and the one in LA. He wore that sweater to that game and it sold out. I think it was in 13 minutes. Just wore it. I said, This is this is this is this is what's coming. The WNBA is gonna explode when Gianna gets there. Gosh. Yeah. And then, and then in, in a matter of weeks, it went went away. And then I started really thinking like COVID. COVID had just hit six <laughs> weeks earlier. So you know, you get in all these scenarios, right? If it just had hit six weeks earlier, he would have never been in that helicopter. And it, it just, it, it, it's just, it, it's like a family member died. It, it is. It is. It, he, it, he, he was in our house more than my, my family members. He was on my TV for 20 years. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible, and, and that, so you brought up so many great things, Joe. Like for example, the the whole thing about uh, you know Gigi. I, I I remember watching some of the uh, YouTube videos of her games, and like at the, seeing the moves she was making, like 12, 13 years old, is like, are you kidding me? How could it? How could a, a girl her age be be pulling off those kind of moves like that? This is insane. And uh, but not only her, but what Kobe was doing across women's sports how he was like literally the mentor for some of the WNBA's top players, like, like, you know, uh, uh, like the recent M recent uh, two-time uh, MVP, it was a Brianna Stewart who, who he called her after she tore her Achilles and told her, Hey, I got, Hey, I got your back. I know it's hard if I got your back, you know, I'm here for, for whatever you want. And so she ended up getting his, or, or she ended up getting his surgeon to do her Achilles repair and then just a few years later, she won another freaking MVP. Like, who does that uh, after an Achilles injury? You know, and then that's just one of the many uh, women's uh, hoops players that he's he's been involved with and whose life he's enriched to the point where, like, you literally have the legend saying he did more for the women's game than any other male player. And again, no one, no one would have, a decade ago, no one would have expected that would be the case. So, uh, that, and then, then that's why it's like, yeah, the, what he's done is he's yeah. You can imagine how he's spending his free time. <laughs> he's not spending it just like the rest of us, you know, you know, strumming through social media or whatever. He's spending it every day trying to figure out how to be a better person and putting putting systems in place and 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 really focused on just using every minute like it's his last to uh, to make an impact on the world. And and, and that's exactly what he did. And that, that's, that's that's why we're here because. You know, and even you look at the Lakers right now, you know, look at how he mentored Anthony, Anthony Davis when Davis was a young and, you know, barely, barely graduated from high school or how he mentored, how he's mentored LeBron James for so many years. 
uh, or how he's such a uh, such a uh, inspiration to to some of the players on the team, some of the young players on the team right now. It's uh, it's that's where the the whole immortal thing is. He's transcending his own life by putting his DNA on on the basketball court and off the basketball court. So it's 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 just crazy. And and you know, I'm glad to you know people like you, Joe. You know, and Magic Man and Gerald. You you know what that's all about. And I, I know you have your own stories of watching him play or post game interviews where he said something that was like total mamba that you're like oh this this guy is for real and then some once again it is author ellie ehesh you got to go ahead and check out his book what kobe left behind and it, the playbook from an extraordinary life it is available on sale now amazon in fact i'm going to put it on the screen right now amazon right there amazon what kobe left behind it is available right now. I'll give you the pricing right there for you. $10, $25, and $20. The Kindle is $10. The Kindle version, hardcover is $25, and the paperback is $20. So if you have a fan, a Kobe fan in your life that you need to get a good Christmas gift for, this book is it right here. Absolutely. What Kobe Left Behind. Ellie, the one of the things though, you mentioned stories and analogies and interviews he did throughout his life. You go back and forth across the gamut of his life. But one of the things that I didn't know was Kobe Bryant's love for pop culture and various aspects of it and how he utilized it in his everyday walk of life, especially his mentality, the Mamba mentality, Magic Man, to uh, go ahead and give you a big shout out there as well want to talk to you about this in regards to his love for pop culture since i host a pop culture pop culture show that is uh, reached around the world on radio one of the things i like to touch upon is his love for pop culture that i was fascinated about that part of it where you talked about how he always expressed his desire to see things out as maximus from gladiator russell crowe's character uh, and how he played it out as far as the man that was scorned that was cast off and had to uh, come back for vengeance to get get uh, his retribution. And then also, as well, you noted Heath Ledger's turn as the Joker in The Dark Knight was very prominent in his thoughts. But the one thing that stood out to me the most is a little bit later on that page, when you read and you learn, if you didn't know already, that Kobe used to amp himself up with the theme from Halloween. That uh, is something that I think that not people, many people, uh, know or remember. So when you delved into those facts, those pop culture aspects of his life, how did uh, how did that come across to you? Especially, you know, the fact that he was listening to the theme song from Halloween to get himself amped. It it, it was it was just so fascinating uh, because it it's it hit on multiple levels. You have the one level where he is he is he is just like one of us. He loves you know he loves movies. He loves connecting with those uh, those iconic characters but he went a level beyond he didn't just when the movie's over just go home and say oh hey that was a great film you know let, let's go let you know we should watch it again sometime it was like no how can i use this how can i use this to become an even better player and then it also goes back to the whole mama perspective and that you know he saw himself not as he saw himself he could put himself in the shoes of whoever he needed to be in order to dominate and so you know, you talk about, okay, Maximus. Yeah, that's a great example that we can all be like, oh yeah, I, I would love to be, have that kind of, that kind of aura, you know, or, or other, other heroic people. But then you look at the villain 
and you're like, wait, he, he wants to make himself look like Michael Myers? That's crazy. But then it's more like, well, in what context? He wanted to really embody that spirit when it came to being on the court and just slashing through his opponents. And so, and so yeah, when you hear that theme song, for him, it was like, I am taking on that identity of that, that unstoppable force that will just keep coming over and over and over again and destroy you and take away all hope you have for survival. And that's what he wanted to imprint on the other team. So, so he figured out a way to do it. Put on his headphones, play the music before the game, and he could, he could hone in onto that, that identity, that, uh, that mindset. And when, then we went on the court, you know, it was nothing but business, just annihilate everybody and don't even feel a little bit bad about it. Um, and, you know, and so like, like discovering that made me just in more in awe of his, it, it made me more in awe, but it also helped me understand, like, how does somebody score 81 points and act and then act like it was no big deal? You know, how do they, you know, destroy the Knicks on their own home court and, you know, and make, uh, you know, make Spike Lee, you know, the laugh on the sideline. How, how do they do that? And, and, and what are the things that we want to do in our own lives that we feel like are too, too crazy to be a comp to be achieved. And he figured out one of those ways is use movies where people do extraordinary things and try and channel that kind of energy into his own life. So it, it, it's, it's quite, it's quite fascinating. It's really cool. It's really cool. So. I loved it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Still feel that sometimes, though, he, you know, there were points where he could have just raised up his arms during the middle of a game and say, Are you not entertained? (laughs) But uh, I will say, though, it is again, please go ahead and check out Ellie's book, What Kobe Left Behind The Playback from an Extraordinary Life. But before we head on out and before we not only give you a chance to plug anything that you want. Also, we want to sh- ask your thoughts and share some thoughts on this year's team that didn't get off to the rosiest start. Magic Man, I know you got another question for Ellie on his book. Please go ahead, my friend, and express it as uh, best you can. And uh, please let us know your thoughts on, on the book, my friend. Absolutely. So uh, I really enjoyed uh, Stink Charmer. That was, uh, that was a great chapter. Um and uh, I will say, I don't think it should come as a big surprise that Kobe used uh, music to fuel uh, his performance. Um, you know, that that's just about everybody I know, including myself, Ellie. So um, I will say his very, his taste uh, runs. The admit, it, admit it, Magic Man. Don't you have a Halloween right now on? I do not. No. Oh, okay. I do not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, going from uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit to the theme from Halloween is a big variant. So good on him for finding inspiration wherever he can. That's what he was great at. Um, I guess uh, when you finish the book, Ellie, what, what what 
take away like what do you think that Kobe really left behind? What what's your big takeaway? What's Great the question. one thing? He, I think he left behind the, the I think if you read the um the chapter um the enemy within yeah. I feel like that's probably the best example because it kind of takes everything else and puts it into perspective. You know, what he left behind was a uh, a mindset that essentially said, no matter what happens, everything is an opportunity for me to to become better. Whether it's the the four air balls. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ellie. I just wanted to say I I think that's one reason why Nick Saban loves him, and he loved Saban is they kind of had that same idea that that um, results aren't as important as progress. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think that's a great point. I, I don't know if I mentioned Saban in the book. I can't remember, but yeah, he. I, I, you I did, mean, you did, you did. But I, I mean, it was obvious those two were kindred spirits. It's crazy how many how many NFL players were fans of his, or how or how I do mention that you know Tom Brady admitted that he he had a lot of sleepless nights after Kobe died, which is just so weird to have somebody like that say say that. So, but it's like because he found a you know his, his message was yeah, no matter what happens in your life, you can learn from it. So figure out how you're going to learn from it, uh, whether it's you know the formless air balls or whether it's uh, you know uh, you know having a shock be traded because of the feud or wh- whatever it is. He figured out a way to learn from it to become even better, and you saw everything as an opportunity. I mean, one, in one interview, he said the uh, the interview asked him, you know, how do you feel about failure? And he's like, he said failure doesn't exist. You know. He basically said, it's just, you know, whatever happens, happens, and you just learn from it. You know, tomorrow's always going to come, so just figure out a way to learn from it. And that's how he developed all these different skills that he he then used to become extraordinary. So if we can figure out, if we can skip over all of the, you know, oh, I suck, and just go straight to how can I learn from this, you know, then, we'll, then we do harness some of the mama for ourselves. Absolutely. And it's a great book. Please go ahead and give it a read. What Kobe Left Behind, the playbook from an extraordinary life. We have author Ellie Hish and on with us right now. And we're truly blessed to have you on. Once again, I'm going to show up on the screen right there for you. No excuses, everyone. This is going to be a great holiday gift for all the Kobe fans out there. And also a great read for non-Kobe fans to understand why he was such a dynamic person, a dynamic individual, and someone that truly was remembered by so many and beloved by so many people, even if they didn't even love basketball, the game of basketball indeed, but just truly great to have you here, Ellie. But before we go, it is the Lakers of this year. So I want to go ahead and get your thoughts on the Lakers so far, obviously not getting on the right track when it comes to uh, what happened last night in Denver. Uh, I also want to get Joe and Sean's thoughts before we head on out, because a lot of our audience wants to go ahead. always hear that, but uh, what happened last night in Denver, my friend, and how can we write it tomorrow against Phoenix? Uh, you know, I think that part of it is, look, you're going up against the defending champions on their home court. They're, they're getting their rings, and they're still just as powerful and stocked with talent as they were the year before. So you're already, it's already going to be a challenge. Uh, so, so I hear that. I mean, you know, you have a Nikola Jokic. What he had another triple double? It's like it was yes. nobody's. Like it was like, like made it look easy. So 
there's some talented players on Denver and no, no one could take that away from them. On the Lakers side, I think it really comes down to, you know, who's really, I mean, you, LeBron is going to do what he does every single night, but it can't just be only LeBron and that you have to have Davis step up and, and use that size to actually score uh, some high percentage shots. And then you have to have, you know, other teammates like D'Angelo Russell, you know, come in there and, and provide some support. So that way that, and them providing the support will then energize LeBron to go to the next level too. So I think that's, that's really the key that everybody, that um, the Lakers need to figure out is activating the people they know can rise to the occasion. And, and then that will fuel LeBron to get them over the finish line. Joe, uh, now that you've had some time to reflect and maybe kind of, uh, you know, calm down and get a better perspective on what went on last night, any thoughts, uh, any extra thoughts before we head into tomorrow's game? We discussed this before we got on the show. Colin Cowherd called Anthony Davis the milkshake machine at McDonald's. That was probably the best analogy I've heard in a while. It's, it's, it's great when it's on, but it's always bad when it's off. Anthony Davis needs to look himself in the mirror, really look at himself in the mirror. I think this is probably the last year we're going to be doing this. Uh, we're getting to that point now where we're just going to either have to accept that's who he is, he's the 50% man, or he wants to go above and beyond. We, we sit here and we blame Gabe Vincent. We blame an undrafted player that's playing above his head. We blame D'Angelo Russell's lack of lateral movement. We blame all these things. These are role players for a reason. The gap is supposed to be closed by the stars. What happened yesterday with Denver? The stars closed the gap. Who's the star? There should be three-time MVP, actually. He should have been a third MVP, but that's what stars do. Now, LeBron is the exception in this discussion because he is in his 21st season. What did we say in the summer? Darvin Ham needs to play this guy 29, 30 minutes. What happened? Played 29 minutes. Guys, we know what we're talking about. I'm being honest. Like, trust me. We're being honest. 29 minutes to the freaking dot. I'm not in practice. I'm not doing film with them. I'm not doing any of that. It's, it's, you're an, you're anal, you can't, the tape don't lie. The games are the one thing that matters, and we got that. We know what we're watching. We know we've been around so long. I mean, we've been around so long watching this game that the, the, the juniors are playing now, and the juniors are veterans. Players that had their dads I watched. Now we're watching their kids. We've been around a long time. We know what we're talking about. Anthony Davis needs to figure out if he wants to be a star of stars. A star of a star. He's a star, but is he going to be a star of a star? Star of a star is you needed to bridge that gap last night. And if you weren't going to score... You needed to say, you know what? My my shot isn't falling. I'm going to shut down Jokic. You shut down Jokic or you contain Jokic. Make him uncomfortable passing out of double teams. Making him uncomfortable shooting. 
your chances of winning last night greatly increased. Now, at the same time, their role players made shots when they were open. Ours didn't. It's It, it was like a rerun of the series. So we're blaming Darvin Ham. We want to throw Darvin Ham into the, into the crapper. The, the, the reason why I didn't throw any – any 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 tomatoes at Darvin Ham is Darvin Ham did exactly what I wanted him to do yesterday, and that's preserve LeBron James, and he did because he knows this is not gonna work if you don't do that. So Anthony Davis, you're 30 years old, you don't have anywhere near the mileage of LeBron James. You need to pick this up. You need to cover those gaps. And if you do that, you're probably going to inspire those other guys to start making those shots because that played a factor likely. Jokic getting the ball at the perfect spot for KCP, perfect spots for Porter, perfect spots for Gordon. And it's an emotional game. It's a rhythm game. Come on. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start, you gotta start really, really tapping into that. Your ability says you can, but I'm gonna give it. This year, and it might not even be this year, Anthony Davis, if if he continues to play 50-50, guys, Anthony Davis is not going to be the guy to take this franchise to the next level when LeBron's gone. And that's going to be a fact. And I'm already feeling it right now. Any thoughts on that, Ellie? Uh... No, I totally agree. I mean, Dar- or, sorry, um, Anthony Davis should be the kind of person who's like, give me the effing ball, you know? He's, you know, he has to have that kind of mentality in order to really be a, not only a superstar, but a kind of captain that the team will rally behind that can lead them to, to victory. But if he, but if he's kind of just like, okay, you know, I'll do, I'll do what I can. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, ride LeBron's coattails. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see a victory. I mean, who would not be so like excited to have lebron james hand them the torch uh, as, as a like if you're a top player and lebron james hands you the torch you'd be, it was like the best thing ever but anthony hasn't figured that out yet and um and if he doesn't then it's it's not going to go well for the for him to be the you know so-called franchise player that he can be uh, and it's quite unfortunate because this, the potential has been there for so many years i mean it was kobe who was who actually uh, recommended that the Lakers pick him up and yeah, and he's been great in the past, you know, he's, you know, helped him win a championship, but he's got to really dig, dig deep down in his soul and figure out, Hey, what is it I really want to be? And when they, when it's all said and done and what am I going to do now to make that happen? Uh, and it really means, you know, harness, you know, do whatever I can on the court to win and just get and tell everybody, Hey, join me or get out of the way. Magic Man, any thoughts now that you've had some time to reflect on last night, my friend? I'll get you unmuted right there. So any thoughts, my friend, from last night? Now that you had a chance to breathe in uh, the performance from last night. Go Lakers. <laughs> that's that's short for I want to say a lot more, but uh, I can't say a lot more without expletives. So I, I understand that. So no, well, uh, yeah, yes and no. I, I mean, you know me, Gerald. I'm not the... Uh, I'm not scurrilous as uh, as most fans like to keep the the four letter words to uh, a minimum. That being said, uh, when it rains, it pours. Unfortunately, Gerald, uh, with the bleeding right now. I mean, if the defense is bad, so is the shooting. It it can't be one or the other. 
we've got to deal with both problems at the same time, evidently. And uh, it happened again, Gerald. It happened again. And we're hoping that Anthony Davis plays better. But if it happens again, it doesn't matter how well he's going to play. Because Phoenix looks like the real deal, Gerald. And um, they don't need a point guard because they have Devin Booker. He's playing very well. He could be on his way to a really great season. I I hear you on that. Again, please go ahead and just get this book. You need this book. You need this book in your life. You need to go ahead and read it. I command you out there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm asking you out there to go ahead and check out this book. Please go ahead and read it. Get it today off of Amazon. What Kobe Left Behind, the playbook from an extraordinary life from author Ellie Ehesh. Please go ahead and check it out today. I put the link in the description. There is absolutely no excuses if you're watching or listening not to go ahead and pick up this book because I put the link right there for you. Just click, boom, right there for you. But before we head on out, we always let our guests have the last pitch and the last say. So please, Ellie, uh, let us know what you're working on. Let us know what you want people out there to go ahead and check out. Uh, Obviously, the book is cool, of course, but uh, let everybody know where you're at, how they can follow you, and any more information that you want to give before we head on out. Yeah, so, um, yeah, again, it's been a pleasure uh, to all three of you, uh, Joe, Magic, Man, uh, Gerald. I'm just so happy you you guys are enjoying the book as much as I enjoyed reading it because it's truly a labor of love. Um, but anyone who wants to learn more, you, you know, besides getting the book, you can, you know, follow me on Instagram at, at leehage or uh, go to leehage.com to see, see my blog. And uh, yeah, I'll probably be doing an audio book uh, sometime real soon. But uh, yeah, it's just I, all I can say is, you know, mama mentality is still with us. Just find the way to bring it inside of you and you'll see it. Absolutely. It is a great read indeed. Once again, it's What Kobe Left Behind, the playbook from an extraordinary life. I'm going to pop it up on the screen before, as I do our, my outro for the show right there for you. There absolutely no excuses. That's the Kindle version, but there's obviously right there you can see if you want the hardcover, you want the paperback. Right now, the Kindle version is available on Amazon at $10. The paperback's at 20 and the hardcover is at 25. There's absolutely no excuses. You, you're always looking for that great gift to get someone under $50 for a holiday gift. Absolutely a great time to do so. Snag a book while you can. Let's go ahead and get this book at the top of the New York Best Times bestseller list. Let's get the very top, the very top. Come on, Lakers Fast Break supporters out there. Let's get a numero uno right there for you. It is, again, what Kobe left behind, the playbook from an extraordinary life. Right there for you from Ellie Hesh. Great having you on. You're always welcome back to join us at any point in time, whether you want to talk the book, whether you want to go ahead and talk the Lakers, whether you want to go ahead and share thoughts uh, or any anger or any uh, happiness on the Lakers, depending on on how the, the situation goes with us during the season. We Believe me, we always express that here on the show. We're here every day. Uh, and again, anytime you're welcome, to, you're most welcome to join us. Just got to go ahead and hit us up. You're always welcome to come back on whenever you can. Yeah, well, thanks. And ho- hopefully next time I'll be on some better news. So, you know, fingers crossed that, that that's the case. Absolutely. Fingers crossed indeed. Uh, Joe and Sean, any last thoughts before we head on out? No. Okay. That's, that's, I was what I was waiting for. He, he always gives a, just a generic no for an answer, but he gets, you know. <laughs> That's this long-winded answer. Sean, any last thoughts, my friend, before we end? Are we got a pregame coming up tomorrow as well, along with everything else that we're doing? Yes, we do. We do have a pregame coming up, Gerald, with uh, John Voida from Bright Side of the Sun. John Voigt? 
Voida. 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 No. <laughs> what time will that be, do you think? Uh, we have, tentatively have it scheduled for 5.30 right now, okay. Gerald. But, but for everybody on Facebook and YouTube, I always put a schedule up for it. So Magic Man will let me know, and I'll schedule it out there for you. So, yeah, please join Magic Man for an awesome pregame show that we got lined up for you. Then after during the game, during the game, you could go ahead and hang out with us, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. That's playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. If you want to hear Joe and Sean and Laker Nick and myself uh, a little bit more um, colorful, colorful. That's absolutely the best word you could say for it right there. Uncensored to the hilt. Uh, go ahead and check us out there on playback. And then, of course, the best Lakers post game in town or anywhere is right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And thanks so much. A big shout out to our awesome audience, the best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, Magic Man Sean Grice, and author Ellie Ehesh of What Kobe Left Behind. Hey, I actually can do this right. Okay, I got the fingers straight. Okay, I actually got the right there. <laughs> yes. The playbook from an extraordinary life, Ellie Ehesh. It's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching listening. Please go ahead and pick up this book. Help support a great cause. And also, if you really want to take a deep dive into who and what Kobe was, there's no better place to do it than this book right here. So for all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break, we thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow for wall-to-wall coverage. That's only we could provide it right here at the Lakers Fast Break podcast. <laughs>